Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Happy Friday. I hope you're having a great week. You're staying cool. We are truly in the dog days of summer. It is hot and humid as hell outside. But, um, hey, we got, what, maybe another month of this, and then things will cool off, So, or at least start to cool off here in Atlanta. Anyway, um, not a whole lot going on this weekend. I don't know how long we're going to be on here, but uh, I figured I'd go live just to see if any of you guys want to talk. Phone lines are open if you want to get on here and talk. On any subject, it's all good. Um, the new issue of Ring Magazine is out. It is the special Oscar de la Hoya issue. And, of course, the uh, male people here, as you can see on mine, they put the address label, the shipping label, right on the front, right over the headline to ruin my special edition. You know, because why the hell would you do that when you could put it right on the back? And, of course, on the back, we got the KO tickets and my man Jim Boone. And, Jim, I love you, but I'd rather the shipping label go over your head because I already know your number, you know, than the front Right on the headline of my magazine, uh, the shipping people. What are they thinking? Don't they know that ruins it? Anyway, guys, uh, yeah, so the new Oscar De La Hoya special issue is out. So make sure you guys check that out. And um, go ahead and smash that like button while you're at it. Um, as always, guys, I remind you, if you're not subscribed, I mean, I remind you every Monday over at um, the Ring Digital YouTube channel. Well, now you're watching on my YouTube channel. Most of you guys, 99% of you are subscribed. But the thing is, YouTube likes to unsubscribe people. So make sure that you're subscribed, please, and you click that notification bell and let us know. Um, I let everybody know about the channel, right? Get, get the word out because uh, I don't do ads. I mean, I do ads here on my channel, but I don't do uh, any ads promoting my channel anywhere or anything like that. So I need uh, that word of mouth. Anyway. Um, man, it is hot out. It is even hot here in my studio. Uh, I'm turning red because I mean, I, I did a little bit of road work this week, but man, I got the lights on and whatnot. I've been working outside. Yeah, see right here in my neck. Oh, well, anyway, uh, we got a fight between Joe Gonzalez and Isaac Dogbay tomorrow. They both made weight today. Solid scrap. I think it's going to be a fun fight. Decent card, keeping some of those younger prospects busy, keep, keeping some of these older veterans busy in a nice matchup uh, in the main event. But we are in the dog days of summer, as they say. And um, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the schedule is going to start heating up late next month. We get Usyk and Joshua too. And then we go into a nice little fall schedule. We get the rubber match between Canelo and Golovkin. Now, it remains to be seen if some other big fights will be put together. I've given up hope on Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. I was super high on that fight getting made because there really are no roadblocks other than greed. Honestly, straight up, just greed. And so if, if that doesn't happen this year, I'm sorry. You can't blame Grandpa Bob no more. That's 100% on Al Heyman and the PBC. And if the fighters are demanding more money than you feel they're worth, that's on you, homie because you've been overpaying these dudes. Um, so, and look, I, I get Terrence Crawford might price himself out. You know, you get that's up to you as the promotion, as the management to negotiate that and make everybody understand. And there's a way that you can make this whole thing work if the fighters really want it bad enough. I really hope that fight happens. It would round out a really good year. I don't think we're going to get the Taylor Serrano rematch, but there's that really, really good all-women's uh, doubleheader coming up in London, I think it's September. I want to say it might be right before that Canelo Golovkin fight. So that's that's solid. 
And then there's a couple others. Look, the heavyweight fight between Andy Ruiz and Luis Ortiz, that's a good fight. Does it belong on pay-per-view? Absolutely fucking not. But <clears throat> that's what they're doing over there at PBC. With, uh, who knows what happened with that Fox money and that budget. They signed that deal four years ago. I don't know what happened. But uh, Kevin Fuentes in the chat says, I heard Crawford is asking for too much money. Yeah, it's not the first time he's done this. And, and listen, Bobby Arma top rank, you know, they walked. Um, and I think they had good reason. Crawford's difficult. You know what I'm saying? And I've talked about this before on, on my show. Um, he, he's he's just difficult to work with. A lot of people that have worked with them have said that, have told me that. And it's up to PBC now because they've been telling everybody for years, the only reason this fight ain't happening, oh, it's because of Bob Arum, Bob Arum, Bob Arum. Well, he's no longer in the way. So if you can't get this fight done, then basically everything you've been saying for years has been bullshit. So it's on them to get it done, man. There's no roadblocks. If he's asking for too much, make him understand. Present him with the data, with the information, and you know, take care of him on the back end. Give him a three-fight guarantee, uh, rematch clause, whatever he needs to feel that he can get paid on the back end of it or something. But get it done. Find a way to get it done because everyone's been wanting that fight for a long time. All right, we already got a call, so let's jump right to it. I think this is Suleiman up in the Bronx. 718, you're on the show. What's up? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Um, yeah, man, this is going to be a good fight for this weekend for me, you know. Um, I'm going to enjoy this fight because Joel is fought for World Championship twice. Um, that fight with Navarrete, he got his, he got his, he got some good shots in there. Um, that's an opponent that uh, also I think Dobre lost his title to and uh, got knocked out in the rematch. Mm-hmm. So um, I got a feeling um, Joel could, you know, could put his punches together. And wore him out, um, and probably put him away because uh, the kid likes to dance when he gets hurt. Um, he got lucky; he got, he got that NADFL anyway because um, it was going the distance. He won the he won it by going the distance with uh, with Lopez. So um, this fight, if he, he if he stuns the kid and knocks him out, um, I think Dobe he knocks out I think Dobe. I I could see him having a rematch with uh, Navarrete unless Navarrete vacates and he gets uh, he gets a chance to fight for the vacant belt. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. And it makes a lot of sense for top rank too, right? Because that's all yeah, it has. Yeah, and it's a top, you know, it's a top five fight. Um, the, guy, the guy did pretty good. He won the distance with Shakur at 126. Mm-hmm. And then was, won the distance with uh, Navarrete. I don't know if, um, I, I don't, I'm, I think his resume to me, um, the opponent that he fought much better than Isaac Dogbase. And Isaac Dogbase is too small. And when he gets hurt, he likes to dance and, and goes on his defensive shell. So I got, I'm, I'm going for that fight. I'm going for him by by early round knockout. Early round knockout. Day. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm going for Joey. Joey Gonzalez. Right, right. But Joe you think see, you think it's going to be early rounds? You can talk like second, third round, something like that. Well, if he if he, if he has them good and the guy can't dance because it, you know you know it's a, it's a 126, a, a two 126 pounder. Yeah. And the other guy is a five foot two. Um, he moved up in weight. Basically, he went on 126. He's been boxing. He's, he hasn't been like um, stopping anybody. I don't think I, I think Dobe only stopped uh, this guy, Chris Avalos, when he first moved up. Right. Um, 126. He used to have Chris Avalos, but he hasn't knocked out anybody else. And he's been having a life and death fights with everybody. So, in this fight here, I, I'm picking Joel. I think Joel could put him away, and if not, he it will go the distance, but he win. and um, there'll be a, a, a rubber match, a rematch with. Uh, Navarrete on this Navarrete Zinkis. 
But to look at to to, to look at the truth, right? Um, what, what is there in, in 130 pounds for Navarrete? I would say I stay there because uh, anybody he meets at uh, at 130, he's gonna lose. Yeah. He's gonna lose. He's a big, he's a big. You know what I'm saying? He's he good for, but uh, not good enough to fight uh, uh, Shakur. Not good enough to even beat Oscar Valdez. I don't even think he. he so if I was him, I stay in 126. Unless he goes out the way and he goes up there, um, I think he even have a hard time beating Chris Albert. I mean Chris Colbert. So, mm-hmm. so if I was him, I'd just stay at 126, defend that belt, um, and um, he probably even have trouble with Joet. So. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he's done. He's gonna probably retire soon. He 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 peaked already. Uh, Navarrete. So uh, thanks a lot for having me on, and um, you have a great day, okay, buddy? Thanks, thanks a lot, man. You too. All right there, he goes. Yeah, man. Wow, early rounds knockout. Now look, I, I could see, I could see uh, Gonzalez getting the stoppage, but I would think it would go. I think this fight's gonna go rounds. I think Dog Bay you know, is a tough fighter, veteran fighter. He's been in there. With some top guys, and I, I, this is at least going into the second half. But I could definitely see Joel Gonzalez late stoppage. I wonder what the betting line is in terms of the over under. Um, that would be interesting to see. Keith in the chat says, "I would like to see Thad's betting take on Gonzalez dog." But yeah, me too. I'm, I'm curious because he would know the odds. You know, he would know the line and everything like that. Aaron says, "I could not care less about Spence Crawford." I'm kind of there too, man. I've, I've talked about this before. If they get it done this year, obviously that's a pay-per-view. It's probably a Fox pay-per-view, right? And I understand why that would go to pay-per-view. And I would actually support that pay-per-view because that would make sense to me. Um, it's not going to be the greatest tactical fight. Or I'm sorry, it's not going to be the greatest, most entertaining fight. It's going to be a tactical fight. So I, I a lot of people are thinking this is going to be like, knock down, drag them out, you know, and it's, it's a rivalry and all this. Nah, man, like these kind of matchups, if you look throughout boxing history, nine times out of 10, they end up being very technical kind of fights. So I think, um, I think that's what I expect when I finally get it together. The more time that happens, you know, between now and when the actual fight takes place, uh, the more time there is. That, that benefits Spence, and that's why PBC has been waiting him out. Regardless of all the excuses they've given you, it really wasn't Bob Arum holding it up. Uh, the main goal there was to wait this thing out. And so I just don't see how they can wait it out any longer. If they don't get it done this year, <clears throat> this year and that fight happens next year, I just I can't support it. I can't support it. The only way I would is if it would be on regular TV, which it won't be. It would be amazing if they got that. Now, look, I totally would wait till next year if, let's say, they put that fight in January, February, and it was on regular Fox, and they had to wait until the new year, you know, the budget opens up over at Fox, and Fox spends a bunch of money on it, 100% I'd support it. But we all know that won't be the case. That's going to go to pay-per-view. And um, if you're going to do pay-per-view, it's got to be this year. That's it, bottom line. Uh, Let's see, James Tech with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, brother. He says, uh, it's a pleasure for me to support the best boxing podcast on the whole of YouTube. You're doing great. You're doing a great job. Much love to you, Tiff, and the ever-expanding family. Ever-expanding family, I should say. Stay blessed. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate it. Man, I'm losing my voice. I've done too much talking over the last couple of days. 
Oh, man, I'm losing my voice. I did the uh, the roundtable podcast last night. That was a lot of fun. And I've been training. I've been doing a couple of – I've been doing two-a-days the last few days. So I'm a little sore and beat up right now. But uh, as you guys can see. But I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much, man. And speaking of my wife, Tiffany, she is still in the second trimester, but she's at the very, very end. This might be too much info for you guys. But um, – she's about to hit that third trimester. And they say that when that happens, uh, the pregnancy gets really difficult, you know, because the second trimester, I guess women are usually very comfortable. Um, That's the best time for them, the most comfortable time. Then the third trimester hits and um, it starts to, you know, they're just, they're big and everything. So Tiff is like right there. And this week she's been kind of um, fatigued and um, it's been, it's getting a little harder for her to get around, you know, She's absolutely showing now. I mean, you can see, right? And uh, for if you guys follow me on Twitter and stuff, you may have seen some of the pictures I posted when we went up to Chicago last weekend and stuff. So this week, I kind of saw just a, that little change, like that third trimester is coming. And also, it's the middle of the summer, man. It is hot as hell out. And for her to be as pregnant as she is in the middle of a, uh, a hot Atlanta summer, it's got to be tough. So I'm just trying to do everything I can to be supportive and, uh, and treat her good. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll probably be going to get her ice cream this weekend and things like that. And like, I'll, I might have a bite, you know, cause, cause I can't be eating shit like that right now. I got another fight coming up, uh, in September. Um, more on that as we get closer to it, guys, I don't want to talk too much about it right now, but, um, the, it, it was going to be in August. It got pushed back to September um, so I'll talk about it as we get closer to it, but yeah, like I got to watch her eat the ice cream and have like a bite, watch her eat the brownies, have like a little bite. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's all I could do. Uh, so it's torturous for me, but I know it's a lot harder for her. So I'm just trying to be, uh, trying to be, as they say, uh, supportive Sam a in the chat says, uh, Joette is a minus two eighty favorite. Yeah, that sounds about right. I Sam, do you know what the over under is in terms of the stoppage and all that? That's that's what I'm curious about because uh, like, again, Suleiman said early rounds knockout, that would be surprising. That'd be a big statement from Gonzalez. I just, I don't see that because I'm trying to think when Isaac dog Bay, I'm going to look this up just to be sure. But I believe when he got stopped against Navarrete, that was late in the fight. That was, I want to say like maybe the final round it was okay. I'm just looking it up um, in the rematch in 2019. And keep in mind, guys, this is at 122. I don't know how the hell Navarrete made 22. Uh, Dogway was down in round six and 12. The referee stopped about after the corner threw in the towel in that 12th and final round. So he went rounds in that fight. However, at, right after the fight, he moved to 126, Isaac Dogway. He got a TKO over, over Chris Avalos, uh, as Suleiman, you know, talked about. But also, you know, his two, his other two wins after that, were majority decisions. They were close fights. You know what I'm saying? So you have to favor Gonzalez here in this fight. Gonzalez, in terms of power, he's got a 55% uh, KO percentage. So, you know, he's got respectable power, but not really a huge power puncher. And uh, let's see, he's coming off a KO win. I'm just looking at his resume here. Uh, He's never KO'd an opponent. That has this, you know, this level of opponent, this level uh, of opponent with this much experience. So this would be a big win for him. It'd be a big win for him. And it could set up. So Joe Gonzalez has lost twice. 
Shakur Stevenson, Emmanuel Navarrete, those were very one-sided fights, but he did go the distance, and he's never been dropped or anything like that. So those are both at 26. So I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between him and Navarrete, and I think that makes a lot of sense for top rank. I don't want to see a rematch between him and Stevenson because that's a complete whitewash at this point. The first fight was. But um, anyway, all right, back to the chat here. Um, Game Boy says, if the World Boxing Super Series Muhammad Ali Trophy was bigger, it would be the best thing for boxing instead of all these fights when you want to crap. (laughs) You know, um, the biggest problem with the World Boxing Super Series was the the global scope of it, it was hard to work with so many different promoters and get so many different fighters. They also, I think, did too many divisions. I think they should have focused a little more on maybe one. But I, the, the second season, they had, what, three divisions? I think it was just a little bit too much. It worked just too many moving parts. COVID really, really screwed it up, though, man. COVID really hurt what they were trying to do. But then also the money and everything um it's difficult with with the the funding and helping people get paid and all that it it took a while who was it that didn't get paid for a long time there was one fighter that really really complained i know i think regis progray didn't get paid for a long time that goes back to season one that was before the uh covid and all that but i know that there are people during uh season two that uh complained about getting paid and stuff like that so it's just a big big ordeal man big ordeal jack in the chat says ass answer the phone mike i gotta go to dinner soon oh okay all right we got a few callers here yeah okay one of those is definitely jack all right let me jump to the phones here um real quick though odds sam says so the over is eight and a half 350 the under is eight and a half 260 okay I don't know, man. You know, uh, maybe maybe Suleiman's on to something if you bet the under. But correct me if I'm wrong, guys. So if the over-under is eight and a half, I think the way it works is the fight has to go nine-plus rounds for the over, and it has to end in the seventh round for the under. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I think that's the way it works. Uh, okay, let's get to the phones here. Let's get Jack, because it's his world. We're just living in it. All right, what's up, Jack? What you eating for dinner tonight, man? Uh, no, this is Quandell Dingle. No, Quandell Dingle. Jack. Uh, so, yeah, uh, now nah, just spaghetti. I know that's your favorite. It's my little, <laughs> uh, so little racist. Little yeah, racist. I got spaghetti with you before. <laughs> Dude, I got spaghetti with you before, and you said it's your favorite. I literally had spaghetti with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't go out for pasta, man. I cook that shit every now and then. Every now and then I'll go out for it. But yeah. Well, okay. From where though? Where did you get pasta from? I think it's called like OP something. (laughs) Um, It's called uh, Ippolati. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't know. You'll have to text it to me or something. You'll have to DM it to me. Yeah. Anyways. um, So I texted you saying how. uh, the WBA ordered Laura versus Golovkin after, and I don't think that fight will happen, but hypothetically, Gunderhead, so the Laura that just fought Spike O'Sullivan versus the Golovkin that just fought Murata, who wins and how? Golovkin, decision. You don't so, think he knocks him out? 
No, no. It's possible. It's possible. But Lara's long ass arms and all that, I think he can maybe go the distance. Um, my my bet, you know, would be Golovkin points. Um, because Murata just stood there to get hit and Lara would move a little bit. He's not as elusive as he used to be, but Lara has really good length. I've talked to a lot of people that have sparred him and stuff. He, he's a tough guy to stop, man. Tough guy to hurt. No, 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 still, but um, Golovkin would be so accurate, and he, he can land on any fighter that's good defensively. The reason why it took so long to get Murata out of there was because Murata has a skull that's two times as thick as the average human being, and most of those, sh- literally, he does. And uh, the shots Golovkin's landing on Murata, Lara couldn't take it. I don't think anyone, well, Canelo probably, but that's about it. I think Golovkin would stop Lara. But, I mean, remember, Lara... Um, Heard. Who do you think would win between Heard and Golovkin at 154? That'd actually be a really good fight, man. Uh, just in terms of the action, just in terms of the styles, that would have been a really fun fight. Prime for prime. The Luis Arias. Huh? Prime for prime. Golovkin would steamroll him. Ste- steamroll Jarrett Heard? I don't know about that. I listen, man. Jarrett Hurd is how how tall is Jarrett Hurd? Jarrett Hurd is six feet tall. Uh, never been stopped. I, I think. I mean, it's it's possible that you know I would favor I'd favor Golovkin to to maybe hurt him. Um, you know, but I, to me again, that that probably go to decision. I mean, Hurd's a big guy, big big guy, and then Golovkin cutting the fifty four, he could certainly do it. But I do think it may affect him a little bit. Uh, Keith Yadson saying you went to Olive Garden. <laughs> but um, no. Uh, what about the one? What about Hurd at one sixty? Because Hurd his last fight at one sixty versus Luis Arias, he got hurt and he lost. Yeah, but he didn't go down. Now J Rock dropped him. The way J Rock fought Hurd is, hurt, I think, though. yeah, yeah. Triple G would kill Hurd. Yeah, Triple G um, would kill Hurd. Earth different style than J Rock, man. Different style. I, I think I think he'd chop him up and I think he'd beat him, but um I don't know. He could stop him, but I'm I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, man. I'd have to think about it. Man, I'm disappointed in you for that. I mean, look how much Laura hit him. You don't think I mean J Rock was able to knock him down. You don't yeah, J yeah, Heard was a human punching bag. That's what Aaron said. Yeah, dude, Mike, I, I love you, man, but if we're talking about prime for prime, especially at 160, because Hurd could make 160, dude, it wouldn't go six. It probably wouldn't even go three because Golovkin would hit him so much. I Yeah, but dude, come on, man. What, what evidence have you fight. seen that Hurd would get destroyed in three rounds? I don't know about that. Now, late knockout or something? Absolutely. Uh, just because. Absolutely. But... He fights a power puncher. He fights a power. Like, for example, if you ask me Lemieux versus Hurd, like, like prime for prime, I'd take Lemieux to knock out Hurd. Because he would just like, do you remember Lemieux versus Benavides? Heard gets hit so much, and if you hit hard, he gets hit just way too much. Yeah, he does get hit but, a lot. Uh, I think I think Lemieux could definitely knock him out with that with his left hook for sure. He could definitely. Yeah, triple. Uh, if you love Mike, you must agree with him. No, no, not <laughs> on that. Anything triple G, you know, I got to. Um, but and then one more thing, because I got to go to dinner soon, like I said. And then uh, I remember you saying Roy Jones, Roy Jones would beat Golovkin in an eight four seven five type of fight. But dude, I think Triple G's jab 
would give Roy a lot of issues and stop Roy's yeah. tracks from getting a lot of offense down. And uh, that would be a competitive fight. That definitely wouldn't be. I might even favor Golovkin if he just catches him right. Because Roy Jones, he just never really got hit. And if he got hit once from Golovkin, it could just surprise him. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if Triple G hurt uh, Roy Jones. And his jab would definitely offset his timing. But Roy Jones at 160, dude. He was nasty. I, it, it might be the best fighter it, that I've seen in my lifetime at that weight. Definitely the best fighter in my lifetime that I've actually watched live at that weight, um, just talent-wise. Now, does that mean he couldn't get caught? Of course not. I mean, Triple G could catch him with something, hurt him with something, of course. But um, just betting odds, look, man, Vegas betting odds, they'd have, they'd have Roy ahead in that matchup. They absolutely would. And for good reason. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. But um, it seems that you don't don't think Golovkin is that hard of a puncher. And I'll say he's a hard puncher, but like it is kind of overrated. This is coming. He's just so technically sound, and he lands so accurately that he he puts guys to sleep just because he's such a smart and brilliant fighter with his timing. That's mostly. But he does have heavy hands. You know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Heavy hands, but he he beats guys down and he kind of wears guys down and it's accumulation type stoppages. He's not the kind of guy that's like slept high level fighters with just like one punch. It's usually he breaks guys down. Right. So because to me, like prime triple G, like the peak I've ever seen him was in that Lemieux fight. And he put an absolute ass whooping on Lemieux, but he wore him down systematically. It's not like he slept him. You know what I'm saying? So it's a different think, it's a different kind of power. Yeah, yeah, I I think that Ashida the fight that was two years prior prior is prime Golovkin because if you look at Ashida, he went up to heavyweight, never been knocked out. He went twelve rounds with Dimitri Pirog, twelve rounds with Paul Williams. Those guys couldn't hurt him once, and Golovkin knocked him unconscious with one punch. Mm. I think that's prime Golovkin, and uh, no, because if. Uh, you know, Golovkin in his prime, he still hits hard because Daniel Jacobs, I know Daniel Jacobs, are like, um, he had a bit of a chin issue early on, people said, because, I mean, he had cancer in that one fight. His grandma just died. He's 22, and he got knocked out with one punch by Dimitri Pirog. But after that, dude, and he got dropped with a balance shot off uh, Sergio Mora. But, dude, uh, Daniel Jacobs has a chin. That dude really has a, brought his chin back. I mean, Canelo didn't hurt him once in that fight. Gary Vincenco didn't hurt uh, uh, Jacobs. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., who was actually trying for five rounds, couldn't hurt him. John Ryder, he's a decent puncher, landed the ton, didn't hurt Jacobs. But Golovkin was able to hurt Jacobs and knock him down. Mm-hmm. So uh, that shows this triple G. Because I'll say, I think Daniel Jacobs now has like an A-level chin. It's weird how, how he just switched up like that. But um, enough Golovkin talk. You know he's the GOAT. He's the <laughs> absolute GOAT. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, you have a good night. Uh, you too, Jack. Enjoy your pasta, man. Peace. Yeah, see? <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to – okay, I'm going to jump to uh, – I think this is Chad because he's calling from Canada, so he's long distance. So I'm going to skip over a couple of you guys here and get Chad real quick. Chad, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, Mike. Thanks for taking my call, brother. Yeah, man. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me okay? Okay, good, good. Yeah, um, I just wanted to uh, ask you something quick, and then I'll just uh, 
listen. I'll hang up and listen to what you think. But I saw today that uh, Shakur Stevenson is fighting Kinsega, Um, which, you know, by all accounts, I guess it's a good fight. But I'm just wondering what you think, because after uh, after uh, Stevenson beat Valdez, and there was talk about him cleaning out the rest of the division to get the belt, and top rank or, or Bob Arum was, I mean, it was reported he was saying that there was no money in those fights. He wasn't interested in making those fights happen. It, realistically, those two fights could have been before the year's end, if you think about it, for a guy like of, of uh, Shakur's caliber. And now I see that he's going to fight in out. And I mean, where's the money in that fight as opposed to unifying? I mean, is there something I'm missing here? Like, this is a this is the trend I see in boxing. Like, we hear about, oh, we shouldn't make this fight or that fight. There's no money, but then they end up making a fight with another average type of fighter. And I, I, I guess I'm just I'm missing the puzzle here. Like, what what am I not getting about that? So anyway, man, I'm gonna hang up and see okay. what you think about that. Okay, cool, Chad. Hey, good luck to your son. I know he's got he's got a tournament this weekend, so good luck, man. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I'll talk to you later. Okay, ciao. Uh, so Bye. what I'd say, Chad, is um, when it comes to Robson Kunsekau, is you got to remember the international money. Not that there's a ton of it, but he is a star in Brazil, where he's from. He's a three-time Olympian. He fought in the 2008 Beijing Games. 2012 London games and the 2016 games in his home country in Rio. So that alone brings in some international media presence. Plus he's promoted by top rank top rank knew what they were doing when they signed him uh, out of the Olympics. Right. So he does have that background. And I think that those fights or that fight is a good in-house fight for top rank. It's also a really good developmental fight. For Shakur Stevenson. Uh, Kansek has lost once. It was a unanimous decision to Oscar Valdez. He went the distance. It was fairly one-sided, maybe a seven, or I'm sorry, eight rounds to four, nine rounds to three, kind of a fight, fairly one-sided. But it was it was good, good fight for Valdez. I think this will be a great developmental fight for Shakur Stevenson. I'm looking here at the other two belt holders because Stevenson at 130 he's got he's got the ring belt so he's the champ he's got the BC and the BO the other belts are Roger Gutierrez from Venezuela he's got the BA and Joe Cordina from the UK has the IBF now Roger Gutierrez probably not too much money in that fight but Joe Cordina he's a UK fighter I actually think that's a good fight and I think it'd be great for Stevenson to travel to the UK to take a page out of Devin Haney's book and stamp his passport and do that fight. Maybe top rank and Bob Arum are targeting that for next year. Here's the question though. Who represents Joe Cordina? I want to, I think I know who, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. So let me double check here. Let me see if I can. Yeah, I knew it. Who represents Joe Cordina? It is none other than Eddie Hearn and Matchroom and Bob Arum for whatever reason absolutely fucking hates Eddie Hearn in matchroom boxing. So I think that's going to be a big, um, 
what's what's the word I'm looking for? A, a big roadblock to getting that fight done. And that's Bob Arum just being a stubborn old asshole. And he just really has this beef with Eddie Hearn. It's it's kind of bizarre how much shit he talks about him. And a lot of guys talk about Eddie. Uh, a lot of the American promoters just can't stand the guy. And I don't know. I, some of it has to be, I'm not going to say jealousy, but he is doing some innovative things and really getting his fighters paid well and getting very, very paid well himself. His um, budget at the end of the year, his checkbook, his balance sheet looks a lot better than some of these American promoters. And there's several reasons for this, but um, man, I, I talked to a few American promoters that like say really bad things about Eddie. They're, they're just like, he's a disgusting pig. He's a piece of shit. He's a terrible human being with no morals. They really don't like the guy. And uh, Bob Arum certainly doesn't. So maybe that's going to be a roadblock for for the fight between Stevenson and Cordina. I really hope Bob Arum can just look past that shit, eat some gummies, smoke a joint because he's a pothead, and just relax a little bit, breathe, and make that fight next year. Because Stevenson Cordina, it's a one sided matchup. I'm not that interested in it. I actually think Robson Conseco will give uh, Stevenson a better fight than the other two belt holders in the division. Um, at, at least as much of a fight as Cordina will give them. But um, I still want to see it. I still want to see him stamp his passport, Stevenson, and go over to the UK and fight over there because that builds his brand up with boxing's hottest, fastest-growing fan base right now over in the UK. And let's not forget, there's a lot of different fan bases around the world but they speak different languages okay the uk fans speak english so if you're an american fighter or an american promoter manager whatever representing an american fighter you should want to develop your fighter's brand in the uk because your fighter can do interviews over there can do media work over there a lot easier than they can do in let's say latin america or japan or or something like that you know italy spain whatever so it just makes sense. And I hope that Bob Arum and the folks at top rank uh, get that. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope they finally – I hope it clicks for them because there's not a whole lot for Shakur Stevenson at 130, man. There really isn't. Go for those belts. Build your brand. Super Chat Pledge from Sam A. Thank you so much, Sam. Uh, he says, in my opinion, the best bet is Joette by KO or TKO at plus 350. Damn. So Sam, is that, that's just straight stoppage. Doesn't even, whether it's from a punch ref stoppage, corner stoppage, just KO or TKO plus three fifty. That sounds pretty good, but so you'd have to pay uh, 350 bucks to get a hundred. Yeah. I could see that. I can see that. So yeah. Anyway, um, Chad, I hope I answered your question about, uh, Stevenson and Conte cow. That's an in-house fight. And there's international money in the, in it for top rank. That's why Cal fought Oscar Valdez. I've talked about this before. If you look at what top rank does, it's very cookie cutter. And it's very paint by numbers. They have a certain system that they follow. And it's kind of predictable where they're going to go because of their track record. They don't really change a whole lot. They do spot trends internationally and they invest in different international markets before other American promoters seem to catch on. That is one thing where top rank is way ahead of the curve uh, versus like PBC and other guys, at least in America. 
but what they do is very cookie cutter. And you saw they fed Conte Cow to Valdez. Now they're just feeding him to Stevenson. And it's a, you know, it's a, I don't want to say stay busy fight. That would be unfair. That'd be disrespectful, disrespectful to Conte Cow because he's a good fighter. But it's in September. It's going to round out Shakur Stevenson's year. It's a title defense against a, a guy that, again, brings in that international money but also has that Olympic pedigree. For those of you who are going to watch that fight on ESPN, be prepared to hear Joe Tessitore, uh, Tim Bradley, and Andre Ward say Olympics five billion times during that broadcast because that's how they're going to market it to casual fans. Shakur Stevenson was in the Olympics. Gonzaga was in three Olympics. You see, again, I go back to the cookie cutter thing. What they do is very, very simple, but it works. It works. There's a track record there. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's talk to Tony out in L.A. He'll probably have a question about the WBA, I'm guessing. Tony, what's up, man? How you doing? Do you guys really think a Lovkin's going to fight if he loses to Canelo or win? You broke up. Canelo. You broke up a little bit there. You were saying, what about Golovkin? Do you think he's still going to fight if he loses to Canelo or wins against Canelo? Yeah, I think so. I, I think um, if so, if he if he beats Canelo, he will defend his undisputed super middleweight championship one more time or something, then retire. If he loses to Canelo, he can go okay. back down to 160 and defend those belts. And there's gonna there's still money fights for him, dude. There's still fights that bring in eight figures for him. Beautiful. Even even at middleweight after he loses. Yeah. Uh, Golovkin and Jaime Munguia, I know people don't believe it, but internationally, if you include the Mexican money that's going to come in, that fight does does business. And uh, Golovkin has two unified belts. Munguia and his people would want them. The Mexican-American fans would want that. You could put that in Vegas at a casino, or you could do it in L.A., and it'd do numbers. Yeah, but is it uh, Golden Boy and Matchroom kind of going at it over Bavol right now. Just on Bavol, do you think that they can make something like that? I think they would because it's 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 easy to make. It's 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 on the zone and it makes sense. It makes dollars. It makes sense. So whatever's going on between them and all that, they'd work it out. I, I still think that's an option. I don't see Golovkin moving back down to sixty and fighting Andre or Charlo or somebody like that. Although you never know if, if PBC is like, we'll give you $10 million, maybe, but I, I highly, highly doubt it. Um, I just see that as an option at 160. And then at 68, there, there are fighters he could defend against there. Uh, that would make sense. And he could get paid. Okay. Uh, did you hear the WBC made Thurman number one? No. What, at welterweight? Yeah. What? Jumped over Ennis, jumped over Avin, I can't pronounce his name, Avinicio, and uh, jumped over Ortiz. Yo, I got to look this up. See, man, I know you always have something with the sanctioning body, so I knew you'd have some WBC news or something. Uh, I got to look this up. That's crazy, dude. What the hell is that letting me go to their site? 
I just tried to log <laughs> onto the site and it's blocking me. Seriously, it's blocking me. This is hilarious. I'm going to share my screen to show you guys this. Uh, because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I Googled WBC ratings. Check this shit out, right? WBC ratings. And I'm clicking on. Oh, it says your connection is not private. Attackers might be trying to steal your information from WBCboxing.com. What the hell is that? I guess the WB site, <laughs> WBC site is not secure. That's not good. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> Man, somebody over there is I, I mad checked. at me. <laughs> I checked myself, and I did actually confirm it on the WBC site. So. Okay. All right. That's hilarious, man. When's the last time Keith Thurman fought? Was it was it that Pacquiao fight? No, it was uh, Barrios. Oh God, I forgot all about that Barrios fight. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, that was in year. February. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think that's the reason that they're using to justify it. But yeah, I love it. Barrios. I don't, I don't know how you can play this one. Barrios gets stopped by Javante Davis and then takes Thurman to distance and wins a few rounds. And somehow that rates Thurman being number one. Dude, that is hilarious. Wow. So I guess <laughs> Crawford's going to fight Thurman. I guess we have our answer here, Tony. You've uh, solved the puzzle this fall. I don't know what this means. Okay? It means I'm not going to make any calls. No, nah, I'm telling you what it, it means, brother. It means like Errol Spence. No, <laughs> okay, it, I want to hear your. It means, it means PBC is going to do two two pay per views this fall. One is going to be okay. Spence and whoever, and one's going to be Terrence Crawford versus Keith Thurman. <laughs> Holy shit, that's crazy, dude. But 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 Crawford's the WBO champ. The only way Thurman's going to get a shot is at Errol Spence. Because he's a free belt champ. But why would they bump Thurman up unless Uncle Al said, hey, um, we got to put pressure. We got to. I don't know. Thurman and Crawford fight for the WBC interim or some shit. And then the next fight will be Crawford and Spence. It could be that they made the fight and they want that fight as the next fight afterwards like a multi-fight deal and then a rematch if they need to or i don't know they're just it, it's just it's making it very interesting what's going on with this Spence crawford thing in the background you know yeah that's There's just too many variables i i can't i can't figure it out that's fuckery at the but highest at number level, one <laughs> at number one jumping those guys oh man really <laughs> Yeah, once once I can get to their site because it, it's blocking me right now on this connection. I guess I got to try another connection, but uh, I'm I have to tweet that out because that's just hilarious, man. <laughs> Jesus, uh, did you hear that uh, Andrade is uh, calling out Eubank right now? He yeah, really I saw, does not I want saw Alan that. <laughs> I saw that. It's it's absolutely hilarious, but. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Look, if Demetrius Andrade dumps that BO title and doesn't fight Janabek, his career is essentially over. I just, nobody wants to work with him. None of the major promoters want to work with him. 
None of the networks do. Eddie Hearn lost millions of dollars working with this guy. Rock Nation lost millions of dollars with him. Nobody wants to work with him. So the only bargaining chip he has is that WBO belt. And he would gain fans fighting Janabek, uh, even if he loses and it's entertaining. Maybe they can negotiate a rematch clause or so. I, I don't know. Although it's a mandatory, so probably not. But um, his back's really against the wall, man. It's his fault, too. Uh, he's good enough where I think he'll give a good fight against Alamahanawa. Yeah, I, I agree. But I don't I think, think that's a, like a blowout like some people think. I think it's actually a competitive fight. Uh, I, I, well, I want to see what he does, to be honest with you. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the ring lightweight ranking. All right. Because uh, Garcia's been fighting. That's two fights at 140. You know what I mean? And he's not he's saying that he doesn't want to fight at 135. And he's ranked. And... Chio's ranked at number two, and he's going to be fighting Campasu, and Comey's fighting Pedraza at 140 as well. And you have those three guys are all in the lightweight division. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, that's definitely something we've talked about. I think for, um, for let's see, Lopez and for Comey, I just, I'm, I'm sharing my screen here just to show our ratings at 35. For those two guys, I think we'll wait until they actually fight at 140. But I'm with, with you with Garcia. I, I think it's unclear which way he's going to go, but he really he's had two fights now at 140. For the record, he wanted to fight against Fortuna at 35. It was Fortuna who wanted it at 140. So it's kind of mixed messages I, I for would, Garcia. I would believe people when they say that, but the problem is he says after the fight that, Oh, I don't want to fight at 135. Yeah, and I'm going to stay at 140, and I'm going. He also says he wants to fight really? but, Tank Davis, even knowing that that fight's not going to happen. I mean, he says all kinds of crazy oh, shit. Oh, that's not. Yeah, that no way in hell Tank is moving up to 140 when there was an open belt that he could have gotten, yeah. and he didn't take the chance for it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. no way that fight's happening at 140, and I don't think. Um, Garcia is going to do the work to get to 135. Yeah, I, I personally Anymore, think he, he should stay want. at 140. I'd lo- I'd love to see him stay at 35 and fight Devin Haney. That's what I'd love to see, but I probably won't happen. Well, it's safer for him at 135. At 140, it's a murderous row up there. I don't know what he's talking about because if he doesn't fight any real top 10 fighter, he's not going to be ranked by rank at 140. Yeah, there's just too much competition. Um, but if he wants to fight a uh, top ten fighter, he has tons of fighters. So I just don't know if he's willing to take it. I mean, he has Sandor Martin, he has uh, Gyasov, he has Montana Love, he has Valenzuela, Gabriel Valenzuela. Yeah, for forty, there's a. I'm, just... I'm betting. The the 140 division is pretty deep right now, man. Even guys like um, Ergashev, Barboza, Matthias, Catterall, uh, Akhmadev, those guys, Russell, Sandor Martinez, you talked about, uh, those guys all give Garcia problems. You know what I'm saying? 
So I would yeah. he should stay at 35. That division's Devin Haney's got all the belts, but um the, the one thing, dude, is 140, the well, belts are getting chopped up because Taylor's been strong. Well, I know that. I so, mean, um I, I wanted to I mean, to be honest with you, I'm still waiting to hear from Catterall because it's cricket from that side right now after um yeah. Taylor dumped the two belts and now okay, Taylor's calling you out. He wants the rematch and I don't hear anything from Catterall anymore. You know, he was talking so much before, but now nothing, really. Yeah, I think I, I um, don't know. I don't know. I was Go just ahead. gonna say, I think he he um, they're negotiating something and staying quiet right now. But yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. For the record, I think Taylor wins a rematch, and I think he wins it pretty decisively. I think that was just a really shitty night for him for several reasons. Um, I know. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, while I think U.S. fans are bad, I think U.K. fans could be a little bit worse when it comes to trolling. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's been hearing a lot, you know, in his home country. So yeah. it's been grinding on him. So I think he, he, he wants to get this over with and move on to the Walter Waits because he, I think he's just waiting for the fight with Crawford and Spence to be over with so they understand what to do with the WBO belt and he might be aiming for a Ben fight later on if he can get that but that's his own operating case. That'd be big. And uh, did you also hear that uh, Manny Pacquiao is coming back? I heard that and I'm just like you know what I really hope it doesn't happen. Exhibition! I, I know. Exhibition. I'm sick of these exhibitions. I to just... raise money for Ukraine. So, I mean, I, I don't want, I mean, it's a YouTube guy that he's fighting, so I don't think it's too dangerous for him. My so, thing is, too, man, yeah, like, if he wants to be a... I, I think it's wonderful if he wants to do that for the people of Ukraine who are indeed suffering. But the Philippines isn't right. necessarily doing great. You could raise some money for your own country, <laughs> Manny. Yeah, it's not like they're kicking ass over there. <laughs> Um, there's some difficulties in the Philippines. So um, I don't know. It, it's just uh, Manny. Oh, Manny. I love Manny. I love him. But him and Floyd and all these guys need to just go away. <laughs> just go away. Uh, let me ask you a question about uh, how do you feel about the Edwards Martinez fight over there in, uh, I think, 112? Edward Martinez versus who? Uh, Edwards versus Martinez. Oh, Sonny Edwards. You're talking about Sonny Edwards. Uh, let me see here. Let yeah, Sonny Edwards versus... I thought you said Edward Martinez. I'm like, who's Edward Martinez? Uh, <laughs> Julio Cesar Martinez versus Sonny Edwards. Unifying belts. Well, my concern for Edwards would be, can Martinez make weight? Oh, no. He's... No, no. He doesn't care about... Whatever tactics that he's going to do because he's going to have to fight in Mexico for it, and he doesn't care what Martinez pulls, he just wants to fight. Doesn't care. That's pretty and badass. He, and he, he knows it all. <laughs> I got to give respect to that game for sure. He's willing to, like, yeah, I don't care what he does. I'll, I want to fight. <laughs> That's crazy, dude, because so Edwards does not have the power to hurt Martinez. That fight would go the distance. I think Edwards could box circles around him, but 
do you get a decision there? And then is Martinez going to be juiced up? Uh, is there going to be any testing? Is he going to be able to make 112? There's just a lot of question marks there. I'd rather see Edwards go after like Nakatani, somebody like that. But look, dude, if he if he ends up fighting Martinez, I mean, I'd love to see that. I'd obviously love to see it. That'd be a fun fight in terms of like styles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, last question is, do you think Top Rank should bid for the Joshua Usyk television rights in the U.S.? Why isn't that's on the zone? Uh, Sky bought the UK broadcast rights for uh, the UK right now, and I don't know what's going on in the US. It's been it crickets right be. now when it comes to that. Yeah, the zone, you know, so the zone is in different territories, and every territory is different as far right. as like the contracts and stuff. But as far as I understand it here in the United States, that's on the zone. Now, maybe I heard wrong. But it that's is what I understand. Been confirmed. As far as I know, yeah. Well, no, I, I, okay, because I uh, last I heard, uh, Sky has the rights in the UK right now yes. for the fight. They got the, and yeah. uh, Saudis are Saudis are taking the bid for all broadcast rights, and you know it's not going to be like a hugely popular fight in the US, so top rank can actually get involved since they are tied to Sky somewhat they're tied to sky but they're not tied to these two fighters right and so right, so right. this is an eddie hearn thing so yeah as far as i understand it sky box office which is their pay-per-view platform um they won the right. bidding for that fight over there and they just have a bigger budget they're going to spend more money but in the united states and right. pretty much every other market it's going to be on the zone dude as far as i and just regular design okay yeah Okay, so that's all I really wanted to know because I haven't heard anything after that uh, UK fallout with uh, Sky and the Zone. Yeah, it should be on the Zone here, man. I'm pretty pretty sure that we're gone the Zone. Beautiful, but man, I think you set the record for phone call, Tony. This is 17 minutes, bro. (laughs) So I think you set the record. Oh, dude, I didn't want to keep you on. I got to give you. I got to get you off the other callers. Thanks for the call, man. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Peace. Have a good one. You too. There he goes, guys. Um, yeah, Tony always has stuff about the sanctioning bodies. He's always got the latest news on them. Um, I, I can't watch the sanctioning body news anymore. I just I, – I, the WBA is just the worst. And then the WBC, again, I really like some things that they do. I really, really do. But, man, a lot of – if they really put Keith Thurman number one, how does anybody look at that and not just laugh their ass off? Uh, let me get to the, back to the chat here. Um, Keith says, uh, Mike, thoughts on Braun or Figueroa? Yeah, look, so that fight's coming up. What date is that one? Let me Broner's another person. I just really don't pay attention to him. That fight is coming up in August. Okay, is that the same day as... Um, Holy shit, is that the same day as Usyk? I got to look this up. Uh, what day is Usyk? Uh, now I got to look up there. Freak. I think that's August 20 as well. Because that, I mean, boy, is this, man, that's so shitty by PBC. Yeah, wow. God, they're the worst sometimes. Yeah, so 
Broner Figueroa is the same day, but here's here's the the silver lining. The Usyk Joshua fight. If you're in America, if you're in the West, Usyk Joshua will be broadcast here in the afternoon, right? So you can watch both fights live. So you know what? It works out. It's okay. But as far as the Broner Figueroa fight, it's it's two underachievers, especially Broner. Um, it'll be a fun, entertaining fight. They're saying it's going to be 140. We all know they're not going to make 140. It's going to be 147 um, somewhere at welterweight. Yeah, I'll check it out. If I got nothing going on that night, I'll check it out. But um, yeah, obviously the big, big fight that day is the, the heavyweight fight. I'm really looking forward to that fight. That fight, I will change my plans to make sure I see that fight live. Broner Figueroa, I'm not really changing plans. If uh, we've got something going on with friends or I'm taking the wife out to dinner or whatever it is, I'm doing that and watching that fight on replay. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Twal says, uh, Jerron Boots Ennis ain't ready for a title fight. Everyone thinks he is, but he is not. Let's feed the champ with Keith. He earned it. I wouldn't say Keith earned it. Um, Ennis hasn't earned it either, but Ennis is being avoided. Also, his management's been really, really poor. Um, some of these guys, I just don't understand. Like, they need to like Google marketing and take like an online marketing course or something. Because Jerron Ennis should be a superstar, man. He should be a. St- I won't say superstar. He should be a star right now. He should be a known commodity in the boxing world. He should be every bit as popular as Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia with the teeny boppers. He really, really should. Oh, Twal said, I was being sarcastic. Damn, Twal, you got me, man. I totally believed you. Holy shit, dude. I, my sarcasm eater is trash today. Uh, so Keith said, yeah, just checked. Thurman is number one. That's crazy. WBC is on that Canelo meet. Dude, that is madness. And why now? Why do that right now? Because we talked about the Barrios fight, right? That was in February. Why not do it then if that was your play? They did it now. And that tells me that there's negotiating happening behind the scenes between Al Heyman and the PBC, or I'm sorry, Al Heyman and the WBC. And if you don't think that the you know, the WBC does favors and stuff like the WBA does. Here's evidence of it. They absolutely do. And they do a lot of business with Al Heyman and PBC, a lot, uh, just like the WBA does. And to be fair, the WBO does with Bob Arum and top rank. He pulls massive favor for them, okay, with them. But th- this move, dude, how do you justify this? It just tells me that Thurman is going to be in the mix between – uh, the Spence Crawford thing. Somehow, some way, he's obviously going to be in the mix, right? Because it doesn't make sense why they'd bump him up right now. <clears throat> All right, Sam is saying read the super chats. I don't see. Oh, sorry about that, Sam. Sam sent a super chat a while back. I didn't see it, brother. Thank you. He says uh, plus three fifty means one hundred dollars wins three fifty. Three hundred wins. 1,500 dude. That's so, so Sam. So if, if I bet a hundred dollars that Joe Gonzalez wins by stoppage tomorrow against Isaac Dogway, if I bet a hundred dollars and he does, I get three fifty. 
Guys, that is a no-brainer bet. I don't bet. I don't gamble. But if you do, you need to jump on that shit if Sam's right about these numbers because uh, I think there's a strong possibility Joette Gonzalez could stop Dog Bay. There's a strong possibility it goes the distance. Okay, there is. But he he very, very well could stop him. So, um, man, if you could bet 100 and get 350, I think that's a pretty safe bet. Definitely. King KO says, uh, WBC, we be crooked. Yeah, there's nicknames for all of them. Keith says, uh, as of late, IBF has been the most decent sanctioning body. Yeah, I got to say they have. I don't like some of their mandatories, and they have some weird ratings and stuff. I mean, all of them do. But, you know, all in all, the IBF and even the WBO are, are pretty good as far as following their rules. I just don't like how closely aligned the BO is with top rank and the BA and BC are with Al Heyman. Uh, I don't think that's cool. <clears throat> all right, we got one more call, guys, then we're going to drop off here. Let me jump to this one last call. We're going to go to San Francisco. 415, you're on the show. What's up? Mike, what's going on? It's your boy, Luis. What's up? How you doing, Luis? How you doing? How you doing this weekend? How you doing this end of the week, man? Ah, I'm tired, man. Had a had a hard week of training, brother. Hard week. I'm sore, man. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, it's almost over, brother. But, uh, yeah, about this preview, right? Um, so I was watching this weigh-in or whatnot, and this, this, this kid from the 209, Mr. Flores, I, I mean, ha, ha, I would have thought he was legislative when he fought the, the Ganado last time. When he, you know, talked his whole gang of shit and got his gang woke up and supposedly got humbled, and now he's fighting this other dude, which I ain't heard from, don't know from a can of paint, but... Dude got, you know, pretty good record, it looks like. But what's your whole assessment about this? About not necessarily just Mr. Flores, but about these, um, you know, I can't necessarily just say these young boxers, but just boxers in general who talk all this shit, get embarrassed, and supposed to learn from the mistakes, but don't seem to understand the part of maturing the sport like in life. Well, that's just it, man. With, with uh, Gabriel Flores Jr., he's 22, man. He's a kid. I expect kids to be kind of stupid. It's about the people you got around you. And he does have a really, really good team around him. But um, I get, guess they're feeling themselves a little bit too much because when he went up against Lopez last year, uh, Luis Alberto Lopez, you know, he lost that fight basically by shutout. I mean, that was really one-sided. And then came back, and his last fight was a majority decision win. That was a close fight, right, in Fresno. And then uh, this kid, he's fighting yeah. Giovanni Cabrera. I think he's originally from Chicago, but he fight. I think he trains at Wild Card now in L.A. Um, you know, he's a pretty good fighter, man. This this is a solid matchup. Uh, I think it's a big step up for Cabrera. Flores should be favored. But let's see how he looks. You know, because sometimes the trash talking and all that shit is just for the cameras to to hype the fight up. If he gets in there and takes care of business tomorrow, that's really, in the end, all that matters. If he doesn't, then clearly he's letting this shit distract him, right? So let's just see if he can uh, put right. on that good performance tomorrow night. So let me ask you this. Since so, so you know something about Giovanni, because I, like I said, I don't know nothing about dude, never heard of him, but 
you know, a lot of these guys, you know, have padded records, obviously, but I mean, the guy looks, you know, up to far as far as, you know, handling the situation, you know, ain't, you know, feeding into it, trying to stay focused. Like, is dude uh, similar or more of a threat than uh, the kid who gave him his first loss of the Nato dude? Um, I would say slightly less of a threat because uh, Cabrera doesn't hit very hard, not a lot of knockouts. His last couple of fights have been eight rounders. Uh, his last 10 rounder before that was a split decision. If you look at the guys he's fought, nowhere near this level. So the record's nice and shiny and sparkly. But I think that when Lopez came in, he had faced better opposition. He had fought guys like Andy Vincent's, who's a good fighter. And it was a close fight, but he won, uh, eked it out. He had been in there with Ruben Villa, who's another good fighter. He lost that fight but it was good experience for him. So he was way more battle tested. So I would say this is actually a step down a little bit for, uh, for Flores, but the record looks good and, you know, they're going to use this as a marketing thing. Um, But I think they know what they got in front of him. Unless Cabrera's got levels to him that we just haven't seen yet. But yeah, based on what I know about him and his resume, dude, I, I just think Flores has got way more class and experience and should win this fight. Right, right. I mean, I mean, they that the matchmakers would want to not feed him to the wolves again, see him because they're they're trying to hype him up to be you know uh, a marketing tool, especially you know out of California. They see you know we ain't got so many California sellers out here. What like you know how we had in the past, and because uh, as of now, it's the North Cal area, should I say? I mean, since Ward's been you know retired, I was basically the face of the uh, Northern California ain't no upcoming boxers and I know they're trying to promote him to build up kind of like what they're doing with uh, Ramirez and um, right, right. in the Fresno area with not Stockton yeah so uh, yeah I mean I'm interested man I'm kind of looking forward more to that than the um, than the Joette I was actually in Reno when uh, Joette fought Shakur for uh, when Shakur won his first uh, title uh, the vacant old uh, Valdez and WB, WBO, excuse me, featherweight um, title. And, I mean, Joette, I mean, I, I like the kid, but Dogbo also, Dogbo, excuse me, is also, you know, kind of, he's he's changed his, his boxes as he's been with Barry Hunter. You know, he doesn't do that, eh, 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 the old yelling, the rolly yelling <laughs> shit when he yeah. punches that, you know, kind of taken away from him. So it should be an interesting, um, Interesting uh, card to say the least. It's, it's yeah, it's a solid card. Know that, you know, I, I'm up. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. But um, yeah, you enjoy your weekend, Mike. It's always good talking to you, bro. Keep doing your thing. Thanks a lot, brother. You too, man. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, as Luis said, I mean, this is a, a decent card. It's it's a decent double header, and I think um, they got that undefeated Italian heavyweight uh, Guido Vianello. I want to see him because anytime heavyweights are in the ring, I want to see them. They got a bunch of undefeated prospects on this uh, card. So, you know, it's a guys, you got to remember fight cards in July. Traditionally, it's like the dead season of boxing. The whole point with boxing is you want to get fans in the seats. You want to get people watching right now. School's out and a lot of families are doing their vacations you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, for daddy to 
fly across the country to, to Las Vegas to watch a fight right now. It's not as easy right now as it might be during the school year when the kids are in school and stuff. Right. So right now is the time for parents to get with their kids and do the family vacation and that sort of thing. So the boxing promoters know this and traditionally during the summer, it's, it's just kind of stay busy season. Now it's changing more so now because boxing is becoming more globalized and you do see bigger fights now in the summertime, especially overseas, right? Uh, like, for instance, the Usyk-Joshua rematch. But traditionally, man, like July is pretty much the dead season, right? What you end up getting is matchups like this card tomorrow, where if you look at that main event, you got to be a diehard boxing fan to know who Juet Gonzalez and Isaac Dogbay are. But if you do know who they are, you realize that's a pretty good matchup, man. It, it, that's a that's a good, solid contrast of styles and everything else, and it should be entertaining. And then if you look at the undercard, you know, Flores, him coming back and fighting again, um, it, it should be good. It should be solid, right? But it's nothing that's spectacular. That's generally what we get. So for a July show, it's a pretty good card, you know? Um, old dirty boxing with the super chat. He says, hit the like button and support. Thank you so much. Appreciate that brother. And Sam a with another super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, he says, by the way, Rockman jr. Gives 25% of his purse per pound over. Okay. So what Sam is referring to is, uh, the fight between Hasim Rockman jr. And Jake Paul, apparently there is a rehydration clause and I talked about this. So I, I'm going to mention that to my coach when I see him Monday because um, he, he doesn't know about that. Because me and my coach were talking about this, and, and we came to the conclusion that Rockman should just come in whatever weight he wants and pay whatever the penalty is. But if it's 25% of his purse per pound over, dog, if he comes in four pounds over, that's his whole purse. So he would be fighting for free. So um, – Obviously, they're not going to do that. And I still think Jake Paul and his team know what they're doing by killing Rockman on that weight. And a lot of people out there don't realize that. And that's why Jake Paul is a real chance to win that fight. Seriously. As long as he can survive those early moments, because Rockman is going to be able to put some real leather on him early on and a lot of weight. Uh, he's a lot bigger than Jake Paul. But if Jake Paul can last past the first two, three, four rounds, Rockman does seem to tire. And he'll, he'll have a real chance to win that fight. I'm telling you guys, man, details like that really matter. All right, I said that was the last call, but I lied. We got one more call. Nacho just called in. We're going to talk to Nacho, and then we're going to bounce and start our weekend, guys. All right? Let's get Nacho on the line. Nacho, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Hey, Mike. What's going on? Nothing much. Uh this is kind of a, you know, semi-dead weekend this weekend. Not really a whole lot of action going on except for the one card. Right. I just kind of had some uh, questions of, like, certain, you know, uh, news things that I had. I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on a few different things. Like, uh, the first one was um, Danny Garcia did an interview last week where he basically said that he thinks at this point in time, He's already a lock to be a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah. What do you think about what do you think about him saying that? And do you think he's delusional? I personally think he's delusional, but there are people 
there are certain writers I know who would vote for him. I could tell you some names right now that would vote for him. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel like the last few shows I've done some ranting on the, the hall of fame and I, I, you know, I don't want to beat up too much on them, but I do think that that system is very broken right now. I would not vote for Danny Garcia in the hall of fame. I realized that he cleaned out 140 and he made some good money at 47, but like, that's just not enough in my opinion to rate hall of fame. He just does not make it, man. Not on my card. Yeah. And then, uh, the other thing, I mean, we've all, we've been on Twitter talking about it, but I'm not sure if people in the chat kind of follow the whole situation. Uh, Demetrius Andre right now is just making himself look like a fool by basically, I think he overplayed his hand. He really thought he had all the leverage. He thought he was going to get what he wanted and it kind of backfired in his face when I guess the demands that he was asking for to be signed somewhere didn't happen. And now he's out here trying to ask Chris Jubank Jr. to fight him. How badly did this situation blow up in his face, Mike? Dude, can you think of a career that has been more poorly managed? And I'm not talking about just like for one year. I'm talking about the entire career. Can you think of a more poorly managed career in the last 20 years? Of a good fighter, like a really good fighter. I can't. No. Honestly, no. There's been guys who have had spells in their careers right, where they right. made bad decisions. Exactly. But not Absolutely. like this. Yeah, dude. Like I because with I remember when um when Andre was a prospect at 154, and it was around the same time Triple G was really starting to come up at 160. And I remember thinking, you know, the one dude right now from 54 to 60 that could give Golovkin real problems is this kid, Andre. I remember thinking about that, tweeting it, because I saw the length. I saw that he could switch hit. Uh, he has some some twitchiness and skills. Not very, not a hard puncher, but just his skill set. I was, I was like, man, this, he's going to give people problems. And there was just one mistake after another. I'm walking away from that Charlo fight and that Showtime deal to go to Rock Nation. He made money. He made good money. But that really, really fucked him. And then with Matchroom, he made money. But that deal ended up not working for him. The one thing about Andre is I can't feel bad for the guy because a lot of this is his own doing. But more than that, dude, he is a multimillionaire. He's worth about $10 million almost. Can you believe that? A fighter like him who brings nothing to the... T oh, I should say he's made about that much money. I don't think he has that much. But he's his purses and everything. This dude's made a ton of money, Nacho. So I can't feel bad for him. Yeah, no. I, I totally agree on that end. Yeah, he's made a lot of money, even though if you really think about it, he didn't deserve the money. Exactly. But because of the circumstances... Because of the circumstances, uh, he ended up getting it. So yeah, I don't. I definitely don't feel bad for him. But I just think the guy has shot himself in the foot time and time again. And I think at this point, he's just kind of run out of options, Mike. Yep. I really don't see what he can do now. Like it's crazy, but it, it's kind of a weird, a weird ending possibly to his career because he's not a guy who's in his mid twenties. He's 34 years old. I mean, 
he doesn't have a whole lot of time left at this point. So for him to kind of be in no man's land right now where nobody is really interested in him and he's still under the delusion that he thinks he's one of the best fighters, it's crazy. But I don't know. We'll we'll see, uh, you know, what happens with that whole situation. Um, and then kind of the last thing I wanted to bring up, Mike, and I think it's a really, really um, interesting uh, matchup. Shakur Stevenson's going to fight uh, Ro- Robson Conceal. I think Conceal is going to be a live dog in that fight. I think he's still, I think Stevenson will still figure out a way to beat him, but I think it's going to be a very, very tough out. What do you think about that matchup? I think that Conceicao is going to give him problems with his experience and everything, but you got to remember, man, um, Oscar Valdez handled him pretty easily. I mean, it was competitive, but I I actually think Stevenson's going to look good in that fight. I think it, he's going to have some issues early on, but the second half of that fight, I think he's going to control it and look pretty good. Um, it's a just a good developmental fight for him. I, I think Stevenson should win pretty clearly, maybe like eight, nine rounds. That's the way I see it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking first six, seven rounds, he might have a little bit of problems with him, but then eventually as the fight wears on, I think he pulls away and wins a decision as well. Actually, there's one last thing really quick, Mike. I just thought about this. So someone posed a question yesterday about Brandon Lee, and they wanted people uh, to kind of chime in on what we thought of his development so far in his boxing career. And I wrote that I felt that his career has been moved as slow as molasses. The guy has 25 professional fights and is still fighting developmental fights at this stage of his career. And he's 23 years old. In comparison, Virgil Ortiz and Ryan Garcia, who are 23 and 24, are pretty much considered contenders Mm-hmm. at this point but yeah brandon lee's fighting developmental fights at this point and he's the same age as them what do you think about the development of his career i completely agree with you man and it, i don't understand it because he had a good amateur career it wasn't an international amateur career but for like a national amateur career it was very good he had like 200 fights man and i can't remember yeah, I want to say he won some golden gloves or silver gloves, something, something I can't remember exactly, but he's got the experience, man. And yeah, 25 fights in 20 of the opponents are pretty much worthless. No disrespect to them, but as far as developmentally, they were kind of worthless. So I'm not sure, dude, that just comes down to management. And obviously they don't feel comfortable moving them up. There's something that, is getting in the way from them pushing him forward. They see something, you know, and I don't know if they're trying to work on it or what, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. I just kind of get the impression that the kid is just treading water. Yeah. Like he should be a lot further along and, and he's fighting guys that he's waxing relatively easily. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. Like you would think that at some point they'd step him up and kind of put in their, a, a legit former contender or maybe even a former champion to really test the kid. But it just seems like they're going in the, in the opposite direction of that. It's really strange. I think the kid can fight, but it's just really bizarre how they're handling 
his career at this point. I don't get it either. Yeah, he's getting some highlight reel knockouts here and there. I mean, his last fight went to distance. Um, that might have been his best opponent overall, so it's not surprising that it went to distance. But um, he's getting some knockouts and stuff. But, you know, in terms of marketability, he's a marketable fighter, dude. He's half Korean, half Mexican from California. Um, th there's a lot of demos there that they could work, but they don't really seem mm -hmm. to be marketing the kid at all. And he's willing to do shows. He's done my show. He's done a bunch of different shows. He'll do media work. I just it's again it's one of those things man where i look at a fighter like him i agree with you he should be more developed but he should also be more popular because he checks a lot of boxes he's a good looking kid well spoken uh, everything else and no one's heard of him so it's just kind of weird man the whole thing yeah 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 for sure I, I don't get what they're doing with him but maybe maybe at some point along the line though you'll see eventually what it is that they were trying to do but mm -hmm. yeah right now i don't i don't get it at all it's really a, a strange way to develop a, a kid who i think at this point doesn't need any more uh, developmental fights i think he's ready to step up and fight some uh, dude some name guys fights? Make Two, 200 amateur yeah. fights come on you know all these pro yeah. fights you've been doing are basically a step down from some of the amateur fights because in the amateurs if you're going to tournaments and stuff you know how it is you got to fight top guys, you know? So, so he's basically taking a step back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I don't get it, Mike, but like you said, but like I was saying, maybe at some point they will finally step him up, but yeah, I don't know. Time is ticking. Yeah. You know, he ain't going to be young forever. So yeah. I don't know. All right, Mike. Uh, that was my call. All right. Thanks, Nacho. Have a great weekend, man. Sorry, man. Right, peace. I got a couple super chats here. Uh, Bang Mateo, thank you so much. He says, Mike, aside um, from the name, Eubank Jr., his career, his career is so-so. Yeah, I guess the difference, dude, with, with uh, Chris Eubank Jr. is he's actually done some numbers. Um, and he has put some butts in seats here and there. He does have a brand. But, yeah, if you look at his career eh, – there's not a lot of substance to it. You know, he's talked about doing a lot of fights that never materialized. So, and then Sam with another super chat. Thanks again, Sam. He says, uh, some of the best fights this year have been on small cards. You don't need huge names to get great fights. By the way, I love boo-boo Demetrius Andre, but he disappoints me. You're hundred percent correct, Sam. Um, if you look year after year after year, I mean, if you look at fight of the year contenders every year and you look at like the top 10 list, Seven or eight of them are small, small shows usually, you know, in front of like a few thousand fans. Very rarely do these really big fights live up to the hype. Sometimes they do. You know, I think like Joshua Usyk will. I think Canelo Golovkin will. But a lot of times it is those smaller shows that do provide the best fights. But they are seen by people like us, boxing degenerates. They are not seen by the masses. You know what I'm saying? It's very rare that one of those smaller shows ever breaks through and uh, casual fans see it. So um, there's that. And then as far as Demetrius Andre, I'm telling you, man, I used to be really high on him. I really, really was, especially when he was still developing at 154. I thought, man, there's a lot to work with here. And they just made so many mistakes. I, I got to say it. Had he signed with top rank back then and top rank had developed him, his career would have been very, very different. 
Very different indeed. All right. We are out, guys. Uh, this ended up being, man, see, I thought this would be a 15-minute show. <laughs> and it ended up going for about an hour and a half with a bunch of great phone calls. So thank you so much, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you uh, Monday uh, on the Neutral Corner. All right, guys? Peace. I'll see you at the fights.